Till I'm Tiptoed You Dot com The podcast about pop culture Black history and spirituality Yeah It's about to be a great vibe Dr. Tip Gonna take it away Till I'm Tiptoed You Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Em Tip Told You. I've got some things I want to discuss today. Um, first, I want to talk about how we need a better word. Boycott is not the word for what we need to be doing to some of these people around us. So we're going to talk about boycotts and black business. Not that we're boycotting black business, but boycotts and black businesses. Then I want us to talk about how all my skin folk ain't my kin folk. And having a good understanding of history and why it's important. And then I want to tell you about some things I've got going on. So let's just jump right in. You know, I didn't record in the month of January because I had some stuff going on and I'm trying to get back in, you know, I've got some things going on. If And I'll tell you more about that at the end. So let me not waste time on that. All right. I didn't record in January, so I didn't really have... A discussion about the Super Bowl. I still don't have a lot to say about that. I'll just start here. One of the things I noticed was that when some of us were vocal and transparent about not watching the Super Bowl because we are still quote unquote boycotting the NFL, the pushback from other people has been what I'm trying to do. Boycott is the incorrect word for me to use. I've used it because that's what a lot of people are using. And I've used it because I want to be clear in conversation and telling people what I mean. So but let me say what we should be saying about the NFL. And we're going to talk about Gucci and some of these other fashion designers. It's not a boycott, babe. What we need to do is turn them off. We're done. Dead it. That's what I mean. All right. Because boycotts do have end game. And we do need to have another word for what it is we mean when we say that thing is no longer beneficial to my community and therefore I'm done with it. Now, I had a conversation on Facebook with a, a much respected brother in my my um, my hometown and I was trying to express to him that the NFL really has no real purpose for our people. Does it allow for jobs? Well, paying jobs for some of our brothers? Yes. But the percentage of these men that can get those jobs are nil. It's almost nil. Like very few people actually make it to the NFL. And even if you make it, very few stay long enough to amass these huge fortunes, right? The percentage is small based on how many little boys grow up wanting to be in the NFL. What we could do instead is start our own league. What we could do instead is invest in entrepreneurial training for these same young boys. We could do those things, right? But in terms of holistically, what does the NFL do to our, do for our communities? Let's not get caught up in the handouts that some of the owners give their local where the stadium is type population. They write that off. It's not it's not real. I don't even know if I want to use that word. It's not altruistic, right? 
Um, and so when we're looking at what the purpose is of tuning into these games that are causing much physical harm to many of the players, what is it doing in that moment for you? Now, for some, it's a release. Go ahead and admit that to me. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good. You have made a, a conscious decision to say my entertainment and release is more important than my community being able to make a statement about the about the treatment of black bodies in the streets. If that's your thing, that's your thing. But I find it incredibly problematic that there are people who cannot turn away, who refuse to turn away, and then try to gaslight our conversations about why we have elected to turn away. You see what I'm saying? I don't understand... Um, I don't want to have a live and let live attitude about black politics. It's very hard for me to have that attitude because I know historically these movements could not have worked the way they did if there had not been some degree of consensus on certain issues. Um, but I just don't know what it would take for some of our community members to turn away from the NFL. Like, I don't know what else it would take. You see that they intentionally have blackballed a brother who was seeking to speak for blackness, right? They intentionally did that. And then some of the comments the owners have made is problematic. Now, that same brother on my Facebook feed had the nerve to say he's not going to quote-unquote boycott the NFL because Make America Great Again type people are boycotting the NFL. What kind of foolishness is that? So you're going to shape your behavior <laughs> based upon the behavior of white folk? They doing it, I can't do it. No matter if it's good for you, I can't do it because they doing it. Are you serious? So if you find out they love their wives, you're going to stop loving yours? That doesn't even make sense. That logic is faulty. Just say you want to watch the game. But again, I'm not here. I'm not getting into that whether you want to watch, whether you don't want to watch. What I'm saying to those of us who don't want to watch is this. Let's develop another term, right? Because boycott is not accurate. We aren't seeking something. At this point, I think it's very clear that they're not going to bring Kaepernick back into the league. I think that's clear to many of us. So what we have decided is that we're done. That's different than a boycott. Okay? And I think we need to start using that language. And as we're using that language, let's also think about the opportunities to create something new. Can we create something new that can take the place of those gains for other members of our community? Can we replace that with something? I think that's where our genius and our energy needs to be expressed, not in having these fruitless conversations with people on whether or not we should be quote unquote boycotting. See, when we use that word, we're allowing them to take the conversation into a place we don't want it to be. I'm not talking about what MAGA folks are doing. I'm not talking about whether or not Kaepernick is ever going to play again. What I'm talking about is the NFL has outlived its usefulness for me. And I also believe it has outlived its usefulness for my people. And so I'm not going to use the word boycott. 
Similarly, right? So many of us have seen what's going on with Gucci and Prada and some of these other fashion brands. Um, what's problematic to me is some of those um, pictures that are floating around the internet of their products have existed for a while. That Prada keychain, that came out last year, I believe, in 2018. So um, some of these things, it's not like they're all happening today, like this week, but we're getting it because of pop culture. We're ingesting it all at the same time. Here's the thing. For people who are calling for a boycott of Gucci, it's similar to what I'm saying about the NFL. Ask yourself if Gucci has outlived its usefulness for you. Not whether or not you ever want to get it again. See, whether or not they hire a black designer, I, I, you know, hey, I don't know that I need to spend that much money on a bag and that's not a black-owned business. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Somebody tell me. Somebody send me an email at drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. Let me know what community reinvestment programs Gucci has. Let me know, okay? Because as a layperson, not that interested in fashion news and events, I don't know of any. So I don't know that Gucci has a usefulness for my people. What I would rather do is for us to start sharing lists of luxury black brands. So if you want to go spend $2,000 on a bag, $700, $500, $700 on a belt, go find a black owned business, preferably one that recycles money in the community and invest in that instead. And let's make, because let's be, let's be real with each other. Black folk don't buy Gucci because they like the way it looks. Black folk buy Gucci for prestige. To demonstrate something to other people. Now, you can argue with me about that, but I don't believe you. You need more people. I just don't believe you. We buy Gucci to make a statement. Because by and large, we don't buy the ones that aren't readily recognizable as Gucci. That's typically not what we do. We buy the ones with the G's all over it with the red and black and green stripes, right? That's what we want. We want people to know we've spent this money on this bag, this belt, this portfolio, what have you, these slides, what, whatever. We want people to see evidence of our money. And what I'm saying to you is black folk buy Gucci because they see other black folk with Gucci. You see what I'm saying? So, if we invest in these black-owned luxury brands and use that to evidence our community wealth, then other black people are buying into it too. So, some of us, if you got that kind of money, stop buying these white-owned luxury brands and invest in black businesses. Because those luxury brands, they can continue to do this to you. They continually do this to you. And the money doesn't circulate in our communities. You know, I'm not a huge Killer Mike fan. The brother got some things going on that I ain't always with, right? Um, but that trigger warning on Netflix, I'm going to tell y'all, go look at that. Especially episode one. Episode one has really, it's starting to shift my thinking. Now, I always talked about investing in black businesses. And I always, you know, if I go see a vendor, I'll support them. Um, but I need to, I want to be more intentional. 
about how I'm spending my money and whether or not that money comes back to the students in my community, to the homeless people in my community, to the widows in my communities, to the elders in my communities. Like I want my money to come back and benefit my people. And that episode really, um, it really shed a light on some things, some, some gaps we have in our own economies, right? We know that there are bed and breakfasts owned by black folk in the United States, right? We've got Aquaba in DC and, and some other things in Atlanta. Um, we know we have those things, but for example, I'm in Southwest Georgia. I don't know of any black owned hotels or bed and breakfasts or even Airbnbs or anything like that here. Right. I don't, um, luckily I'm in Southwest Georgia, so I do know black folk that have farms, but am I buying their, their fruits and vegetables? No, I go to Publix. So I want to start being more intentional about how I'm investing in my community. Right. One of the things, and I'm not going to get into the 21 Savage case too much because I feel like I don't know enough, but I will say this about 21 Savage. Those black folk who have ignored 45's immigration policies because you thought it did not affect you, I need you to have a more global consciousness about who and where black folk are. Okay? All black folk aren't in the United States. All black folk are not born in the United States. Immigration policy affects our people. And I don't think it's funny. Okay? That's all I'm going to say about that. But I will say this about Jay-Z. Uh, hiring a defense team and investing in 21 Savage's freedom in that way. Here's the, the key. When you give black dollars to black folk, that is possible. Like when you reinvest in the community, the community is able to defend other members of the community. But if ain't no money circulating, we can't do that. All right. So boycott is the wrong thing. It is the wrong idea. Boycott means it's temporary. No, we need a fundamental paradigmatic shift. We are where we are turning our attention from someone else's stuff and redirecting it towards our own. All right. All right. And don't let nobody use the word boycott to take you off your center. You speak from your center. And if you need to say, I'm using that word, but that's not really a boycott, say that until we come up with a better word. If you have that better word, like I said, send me an email at drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. All right, let's move on to the next thing. All my skin folk ain't my kin folk. Zora Neale Hurston. All right? She gave us that jewel and that gem. All my skin folk ain't my kin folk. I am quite disturbed. At the level of intellectual bullying that is happening when some of us say, I don't support Kamala Harris and I don't support Cory Booker. That doesn't mean I don't support black people. You got to do y'all know me? Have you been listening? That doesn't mean I don't support black people. What it means is I don't support black people whose policies are anti-black. Like, your skin don't trump your policies. Your skin doesn't trump your behavior. Sister Kamala Harris was on The Breakfast Club the other morning talking about how she enjoyed recreational use of marijuana. And I was thinking to myself, 
Were you doing that at the same time you were jacking black folk up for doing the same stuff? Really? See, there's people say, well, she was a prosecutor. That was her job. Listen, you didn't do you. I want you to revisit those records and the articles and things like that. Because there's a difference between doing your job and throwing people away. You can prosecute without throwing people away. And she was throwing folk away. Three strikes, baby. You gone. Her policies were not in line with what benefits my people. Now, when she continues to say, I was just doing my job, she is downplaying the type of discretionary power a prosecutor has in criminal cases. So I know you know better because you are brilliant. The sister's brilliant. I'm never going to take that away from her. And she's done some wonderful, wonderful things since she's been in Congress. But I'm always wary that people show us who they are and then we forgive them too soon and then they boom, become who they are again. Not that they ever stopped. You understand what I'm saying? And so when I look at her policies, they are not good for black folk. And therefore, it has nothing to do with whether or not I believe she's black. I believe she's black. We've had that discussion before. Go back and listen to some of these episodes. This is a black woman. All right. So I don't dislike her because she's black. I definitely don't dislike her because she's a woman. I dislike her policies. So no, once again, you're not going to take me and gaslight that conversation and say, oh, I'm not pro-black. Oh, I don't trust women. Oh, I don't trust black women. Oh, you don't think. No, I'm talking about her policies. And as a politically literate person, that's what you should be discussing. Not where she went to school and what she pledged. Like that's superficial to the conversation. The conversation needs to be, what will she do? about the prison industrial complex when she was a member of the inner workings of the prison industrial complex. Like, do I trust her to address that? No. No. If I care about black folk, I just don't assume that your melanin, that your experiences as a black woman make you good for our people. I can't make that assumption. Zona Hurston told me back in the 20s, all my skin folk ain't my skin folk. Did she write that in the 20s? You know, I pay more attention to her career in the 20s because that's when she was doing the research on hoodoo and mobile and things like that. So she might have written that later. She might have been written that closer to the time around um, desegregation in the 50s. I, I have to look into that when wh exactly when that quote comes from and where. All right. So that's Sister Kamala. Now let's talk about Brother Cory Booker. If you are an educator, I'm going to need you to already know we don't fool with this man. I'm going to need you to already know that. His policies on education are so piss poor, I can't believe he has the nerve to say he's going to run and teachers didn't laugh him out of the, the newsroom. We cannot allow this man. He shouldn't be where he is now. He should not hold political office because he would jack up public education. Do not. I'm going to encourage you again. Well, which one you going to choose? I'm not choosing neither one of them. 
Neither one of them. This brother the other day when they asked him about all this blackface stuff happening, had the nerve to say, try to see it from white folks' perspective. Are you dense? Or are you just dumb? Because it's one or the other. Like, how could I ever support a candidate like that? He's also been shown to be in the, the pockets of big pharmaceutical companies. His financial decisions. Listen, y'all. We got to pay attention to these candidates' platforms more than we pay attention to their melanin. If we didn't learn anything from Obama's presidency, we should have learned this. All black politicians do not have black agendas. And let me say this about Cory Booker's foolishness, talking about America's agenda is, is black America's agenda. That's bullshiggity. America has committed genocide against the Native Americans, has put Japanese Americans in internment camps, has stolen Native American children from families and put them in boarding schools, has done the Tuskegee experiment, has enslaved our people, has... Do I have to keep going? America's agenda has never been our agenda. Our agenda has been freedom, and America has always advocated against that. So how is the black American agenda the American agenda? It's not. It is a misreading of history. And, he, and I, that brother is learned. He's, le he's schooled. So you're either being purposely dishonest or you're t talking with a double tongue. You, 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 I, I, mm. All right? So don't be bullied by other pro-black people saying you've got to support one of these black candidates. They have policies that demonstrate they are pro-black. So just supporting them because they look like us is folly. All right? All right. There is something else I wanted to talk to y'all about, and I forgot to say, oh, God, it was right on the tip of my tongue, too. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, I know what it was. Dr. Umar is at it again. So, Dr. Umar released a video, and he's in a school. And he tells us that he has finally purchased the facility. Now, for those of us who have been following this for about four years now, brother raised all kind of money. I'm just saying, the building he elected to show us on this video don't look like the money you got and spending four years looking for state-of-the-art. Like, those two things don't match. You got a facility, yes, it, it's graffiti on the wall behind you. I, come on, brother. All right, but I'm going to let that slide because you do have a building. Here's where I threw something at my monitor. This man says, and we will be opening the first independent black. Stop. Close the screen. Walk away. The first what now? You finna open the first what? See, I don't want you teaching my children or opening a school if you don't understand how black education has existed in this country since black folk have existed in this country. I'm going to need you to know there's a such thing as the Council of Independent Black Institutions. Shit is not new. I'm going to need you to know that even in the slaveholding South, folks were sneaking into the woods and teaching each other. I'm going to need you to know that. And I'm going to need you to know that so that when you talk about starting an institution 
supposedly for our children, you can connect them to a legacy of competence that demonstrates to them education has always been something we do well. This shit ain't new, brother. And then at the end, y'all, I'm trying not to get worked up right now. But you know how I feel about education. At the end, this fool calls for volunteers. Let me say this. Why wouldn't you be calling for qualified teachers? If you're going to run that kind of school, there are plenty of us out here who are trained, highly qualified, well-connected, community-oriented, teachers, principals, instructional coaches, curricular development specialists, technology specialists. There are plenty of, I know plenty of them. And you want us to volunteer? Brother, that's not how this works. How are you going to be teaching the kids financial literacy? Because he talks about that. And I think it's a good idea. But how are you going to be teaching the financial, them financial literacy and they can't see you investing in the people you expect to pour into them? They can't see you investing in them because you're asking these people to come for free? Let me tell y'all what this is going to end up being. And let me say this in case people don't know. For those of you who will refer to him as the school psychologist, all right? I'm not even getting to this that debate. School psychologists do not have to be trained in pedagogy nor curriculum design. He's trained in school psychology. Why did I say that? I say that because... Just because he has a degree in school psychology does not mean brother knows how to operate a school. And I'm willing to bet you ain't working with no elders who have operated these schools when you are trying to claim yours as the first. You don't know. You just don't know. I, I just, I can't, y'all. The, the con... There are culture vultures, right, all over our community. And they distract us with things that sound good superficially. But if you listen hard enough and carefully enough, they tell you that they are not connected. They're not connected. A sister hit me up on Facebook and asked me, do you know anybody who's connected with him as a consultant or on the board or blah? No. And I'm not saying she and I know everybody, but she and I are connected to people who are African-centered educators. Two of my mentors, I don't know if they're currently, but they have sat on the elder council for the Council of Independent Black Institutions. I think I would have heard, even if in passing, if these elders had been working with him. I don't trust it, y'all. I don't trust it. So before you go out there celebrating that he's finally got this building that took him four years to find. Ask yourself why he's asking for volunteers. Ask yourself that. Ask yourself who's writing the curriculum for this school. Ask yourself that. 
Ask yourself, who is trained to write the curriculum? Who's developing the behavioral plan? Who's developing the safety plan? Ask yourself these things. Ask around. If you know some African-centered educators in your communities, ask them if they're involved or if they know someone who is involved. It's not hard, y'all. All my skin folk ain't my kin folk. I'm just saying. So let me get into a couple of announcements that I wanted to share with you. One, if you've ever thought about learning more about ancestral reverence, ancestral communication, what it is we do when we're using those terms, etc., I have a class just for you. And it's on sale for the month of February. So if you go to... Um, www.tellemtoldyou.com there's a link for the class so go ahead and register for the intro to African Ancestral Reverence and Communication class it's only $29 it is self-paced so you don't have to worry about what time is it going to be and when I sign on it's available and open to you now again it's only $29 for the month of February it's going to go up after that but it's chocked full of good information to get you started that day all right and I'm going to encourage you to register as soon as possible because on Thursday, Valentine's Day, February 14th, there will be a live Q&A. And I want to make sure I send all my registered students a link to that live Q&A. All right? So that's going on. The other thing, I am now ready to have podcast guests. I'm very excited about that. So here's my criteria. My focus is going to be on people who invest actively in the black community. And I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily monetary investment. I'm talking about, do you have community programming? Do you have community initiatives? Are you helping um, educate children? Are you going beyond your nine to five to ensure your community around you is happy, healthy, whole, and well? So I'm looking for guests like that. And even if you don't want to be on the show, but you know someone who should, send me an email at drtip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. There's also a link for that on the website as well. So I have enjoyed speaking with you today. I'm going to remind you, let's stop using the word boycott when what we really mean is to debt a thing. All right. I'm going to rem- remind you that Mama Zora No Hurston told us all my skin folk ain't my kin folk. Look at these politicians and their policies. I'm going to leave you with check on Dr. Umar. Y'all check on him, yeah? All right. And if you're interested in those classes, hit the website up. All right. I have enjoyed it. Hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Tell them to told you. Bye. <laughs>